Welcome to Combinations, the podcast from North Staffordshire Combined. And today we're going to be talking about spiritual care in Combined. And I've got a few guests with me today, if you want to introduce yourselves. I'm Julia Babb, I'm chaplain to the Trust. And I'm Veronica Enlin, patient experience facilitator and volunteer coordinator at the Trust. And my wife, manager. Yeah, oh, thanks. So you're here today to talk about spiritual care in Combined. Can you just tell me what your roles are? in combined and how it links to the spiritual care okay so i'm a church of england priest and i work with the trust for ten and a half hours per week and tuesday is my main day with the trust my role is to offer spiritual care to service users and to staff of all faith and no faith and I offer spiritual care through Christian worship on a Tuesday morning and through the spiritual meditation session which we're in the process of developing right now on a Tuesday afternoon. The spiritual meditation session uh, draws on mindfulness and it isn't rooted in any one faith so it's open to people of all faiths and no faith. So worship and meditation, they're one part of it. I also offer spiritual care through one-to-one conversations with patients and with staff. And in the one-to-one conversations, I offer pastoral and spiritual support through a listening ear. In order to fulfil this role, I liaise with colleagues across the trust. So I work closely with activity workers and occupational therapists um, around the weekly worship and around setting up one-to-one conversations. I liaise with other colleagues as well across the trust more widely. So, for example, I liaise with Leslie Bowe, who leads on diversity and inclusion. And I wrote a blog to mark World Religion day uh, just over a week ago now and world religion day of course is one point at which leslie's remit and my remit with spiritual care um, overlap before the pandemic i contributed to the trust cpd seminars drawing on my doctoral research in mental health and spirituality cpd topics included spirituality spirituality and suicide awareness and prevention and spirituality and eating disorders and then for example when PQ was set up um, I took part in the induction week um, thinking with staff around spiritual care so that's kind of my role in a nutshell where yeah it sounds a lot for 10 hours in one in one session that's a lot it's a lot of stuff that you cover over the trust so you do have quite an impact then <laughs> Um, can you just briefly explain what spiritual care is if you were to just summarize it because I don't know whether you covered it in that last sentence but can you just summarize to any new listeners what spiritual care is okay so I'll try and keep this brief because we could kind of talk for hours about this but spiritual care is about caring for the whole person body mind and spirit because spirituality is about the whole person spiritual care is about caring for the dimension of our being that has to do with how we experience things like meaning, purpose and value, how we experience a sense of connection with other people and with the natural world and how we experience a sense of transcendence, a sense that there's something that's bigger than us, which people of faith would call God. People of no faith might think of as 
or symptoms of the seasons or the cycle of life. Some people experience spirituality and think about God through organised religion in the form of one of the world's religions. Some people experience spirituality and think about that which transcends us as human beings in human or in natural terms. One way of thinking about spiritual care, spirituality and us as persons is to use a visual analogy. So we talk about seeing things in one dimension or two dimensions or three dimensions. And in terms of cameras or TV screens or computer monitors these days, we might talk about seeing things in HD or 4K. For argument's sake, we could think of biological, psychological and sociological models of personhood, which are really important models of personhood, as seeing people in one, two or three dimensions. They drill down into particular aspects. And for argument's sake, we could think of spiritual care as seeing people in HD or 4K, because it means seeing the meaning, purpose, value, sense of connection and sense of transcendence that make us who we are as human beings and as individuals beyond our biological makeup, the hardwiring of our brains and beyond our social circumstances and context but without ignoring our biological makeup the hard wiring of our brain and our context and circumstances so spiritual care is about caring for the whole person body mind and spirit and helping the person to connect with whatever gives that person meaning purpose value and so on for some it might be about god but for others, it might be about humanity or the natural world. Well, you put that brilliantly, especially talking my language. When you mentioned TV, HD, 4K, <laughs> I was like, oh, I can relate to this. So yeah. You've got a good way of putting it to, to people. And it's nice to hear that, uh, you know, you're there for people, even if they don't have the faith as well. It's, it's about just getting... Mm-hmm. Um, the understanding of what spiritual care can do. So how can spiritual care uh, meet the needs and support the well-being of service users at Combined? Okay, so the experience of mental ill health is often an experience of body and mind being disconnected. And that disconnect is experienced in different ways in different mental illnesses. So, for example, in anorexia, it can be experienced in body image distortion or in an inability to recognise that one is ill, the medical term for which is anosognosia, or an inability to express one's emotions. Again, the medical term for which is lexithemia, literally a lack of words or feelings, that disconnect. Or, for example, in dementia, It can be experienced as losing one's sense of self, losing a sense of who one is, the memories and so on that help to make us who we are with our unique experience. And a person with dementia might be aware of that loss during moments of lucidity as the illness advances. Spiritual care can help patients to overcome some of that disconnect. So, for example, a person 
with anorexia. It might help that person who has body image distortion to focus on the life that their legs can help them to live, which might include connections with loved ones or the natural world. And helping a person with anorexia to focus in this way might help them to overcome negative thoughts about the size of their thighs or and in turn to feel a positive connection with their body, thus reducing that disconnect between body and mind. It might help someone with dementia to reconnect with the person that they were before the onset of the illness. Hearing the words of a familiar prayer or the tune of a familiar and well-loved hymn or piece of liturgical music might help a person with dementia to overcome the disconnect between the person who they were before the illness and the person who they've become, the person that they've lost and the person that they've become as a result of the illness. And that's interesting because you've obviously listed all different types of illnesses there but spiritual care like goes all across all of them obviously it's nice to hear you know how it works especially with the dementia and sort of taking the patients back and you know turning something that's probably horrible for them into something nice and positive and uplifting so obviously you've really nailed it there showing how important the uh, the spiritual care is but how how can spiritual care improve and impact on everyday life for these patients okay so spirituality isn't just about the time that we might spend in worship or in meditation for example when we're most aware of god or that which is bigger than us it's about the whole of our lives because we're spiritual beings and so we experience our spiritual needs in the whole of our lives and we can respond to them in the whole of our lives. Being mindful, for example, as we go about our day, pausing to think about our breathing or about positive connections and experiences can help us to face difficult moments in our lives and navigate change and challenge at different points. Spirituality isn't static. And our spiritual needs change and evolve at different times in our lives and in response to changes and challenges such as becoming ill, losing a loved one, growing older. The pandemic was a time of huge change and challenge for all of us at once. We all had to do things differently, including health care and spiritual care, because the infectious nature of COVID meant that we had to maintain social distance from each other and so on. In terms of chaplaincy and worship, we use technology to help us to adapt. Before the pandemic, um, we held our worship in the Oasis room, the multi-faith room on level zero at Heartlands. The pandemic meant that we couldn't gather in person because at first patients just couldn't mix from different wards. And later, because the Oasis room isn't large enough to socially distance more than four people. So we began to worship via Zoom. And I've got to say that I hadn't heard of Zoom before the pandemic started. But Zoom 
has made it possible for us to come together safely during the pandemic and now in the new normal that we're in. Before the pandemic, we weren't used to doing things remotely via video link. Kyle, you were probably more used to this kind of thing than the rest of us, but it was another world. And it's it was perhaps hard for many of us to imagine how it could work, but it's had some really positive benefits. Using technology has allowed us to be creative with images and music, which has made the worship less wordy and more accessible and enriching. It's also brought the worship onto the wards. So that's meant that patients who are not well enough to leave the ward or to want to leave the ward and feel confident enough to leave the ward are able to join the worship because they haven't got to go to the Oasis room. So they're able to join for as little or as much of the worship as they want when it's in their dining room or in their lounge on their ward. And staff have also been able to pause and reflect with patients or join in the singing, which has been good for patients and the staff. In a way, using technology as we're using it for the worship helps us to live out, to go back to the start, that spirituality is for the whole person and for the whole of our lives. And perhaps to create a moment of mindfulness in the middle of the ward and in the middle of a Tuesday morning or a Tuesday afternoon when we do the mindfulness. I want to shout out to thank activity workers and occupational therapists and other colleagues who've taken the new technology on board and made it work for patients. We've all been out of our comfort zones at times with it, but they've done a brilliant job with it. So loud shout out to staff for taking it on board. It's nice to hear how you know how you um sort of took on the getting the worship accessible for the patients at heart and especially using um you know online web chats like what we're using teams today but zoom mm-hmm. and you know you mentioned that i was familiar with them but i didn't know what zoom was when when the pandemic hit it was something that just sprung out of nowhere so but we had worked with previous like teams and before that it was skype but um yeah, yeah it's, it's really good to see sort of how you took that technology on and allowed it to become accessible because if someone with a strong faith in the pandemic couldn't you know get to worship it would you know affect them uh in that and their mentality so it's it's nice to hear that technology sort of um not kept it going but allowed people to still join in veronica have you got anything you'd like to add as well i think um one of the things that julia hasn't mentioned was that in the height of the pandemic, she actually used um, an iPad uh, or the patient had an iPad mm. and Julia was the other side to bring spiritual comfort to a couple of patients who were really, really poorly. Mm. And what was interesting, we weren't sure it was going to work, that, that, that the patient would be aware because it was through a screen. But actually, it made a big difference to a couple of individuals, didn't it, Julia? You did an amazing job there oh, about, you know, that that sense of still being able to bring comfort, 
even though you couldn't hold or touch or hold a hand or touch somebody just to reassure so yeah. again it was it was very different for you but also for those patients but actually mm. it, it helped it brought some comfort um which I think is really important yeah and the fact mm. that we see each other through the technology and it's live and interactive that's I think is what makes the difference that Veronica has described so I could see expressions on patients faces and I could see how they were responding or not so we could actually develop you know the prayer or the conversation to help to bring the comfort and support so and again shout out to staff who did an amazing job helping to link us up via the iPads when we just couldn't have that physical contact. And now we're sort of through that phase and we're sort of all meeting each other and there's no social distancing. Is that element of uh, online technology and Zoom and Teams still part of your practice? Um, it is, yes, because um, the hospital is still having to navigate infection prevention control and we still have to think about when it's appropriate or not for wards to mix and at the moment we've got winter illnesses so wards at different points unfortunately having to close because of that and so we do have to work around it still so our worship is still online which means that everybody is able to join in but we've got a hybrid so some of the conversations some of the one-to-one -one work we're doing that in person in the oasis room because the numbers involved are small enough to be able to do that but in order for everybody across the wards who wants to to join the corporate worship as it were we've got that online but it is allowing a different kind of access for those who perhaps wouldn't come even if we could have greater numbers in the oasis room so there are different ways in which it is bringing lots of, of benefits I think I think the, the question or the answer I was looking for is have you embraced the technology but it sounds like it's part of your practice and that's sort of where I was going with that <laughs> yeah um, could you tell us a story where this is you know this work has impacted patient care so it's spiritual care generally impacting patient care so I'm going to talk about how it's contributed to patient care in general terms in order to protect um, patient confidentiality. Over the years, and I've been chaplain now for, for five years with the Trust, patients have talked to me about the experience of attempting to take their lives and what it's like rebuilding their lives after that attempt. Some patients have wanted to talk about feeling guilty following the attempt because they have a sense that life is sacred and they worry that they have violated that sacredness. And some patients are very troubled by their sense of having violated the sense of sacredness. So as part of spiritual care, I explore with them how they understand the sacredness of life. Many patients understand the sacredness of life in relation to the teachings and practices of a particular faith. So I explore with them how they interpret God 
forgiveness, healing and wholeness in light of that faith, taking my lead from where they are at. As I explore with patients, I try to help them to put the teachings and practices of their faith in context where necessary so that those teachings and practices can be a positive rather than negative resource for them to draw on as they rebuild their lives following their attempt so that those teachings and practices can help them to find peace with themselves and with that experience that they've got to live with then in the light of eternity as it were. Alongside this if and when appropriate I would help patients to think about the meaning of their attempt to take their lives or what they were trying to express through the attempt to take their lives. In her book Out of This World the psychoanalyst Antonia Murphy who worked with the trust when we had a conference in 2018 around suicide awareness and prevention she writes the suicidal act means something it's about something something vital and paradoxical it's up to us to help them to work this out not just to make it go away in so doing we have a much better chance of transforming the suicidal impulse into something manageable the suicide that the suicidal act is meaningful, albeit in a paradoxical way, is important because for many people who attempt to take their lives, the attempt is a response to unbearable psychological pain and or to a set of life circumstances that feels intractable to them. The only solution seems to be to end life in order to escape the terms on which life is being lived. So identifying the meaning of the attempt or what it was intended to communicate can help patients to gain some understanding of their intent, which in turn can help them to manage the feelings of guilt, for example, as they rebuild their lives and try to make positive change in the set of circumstances that feel so intractable to them. That's the theory, at least. Spiritual care is part of a longer and wider journey for patients who have attempted to take their lives. It doesn't offer a quick fix because there is no quick fix, but it can help people to find peace and wholeness in the longer term alongside the support. And this is really important alongside the support that they're receiving from clinicians and therapists. Spiritual care of those who have attempted to take their lives is an example of how spiritual care can help to implement trust policy around something like suicide awareness and prevention. Some of my specific work in this area came out of taking part in that conference in November 2018. It's quite interesting, it's very, it's, I want to say deep, but I don't know if that's the correct word, but it's it sounds like with the, with the spiritual care that it actually it's some, it's something that the patients and service users can also practice on their own like when they're not around the therapists and it sounds like this is something that you know if you're feeling low you've got this around you and it's you know that sort of sense of uh, not being alone 
which is, I mean, we're probably only just touching the surface of what spiritual care actually is, but from, from not knowing much about it and, you know, and from a comms perspective, you know, I, I sort of know bits and bobs about, you know, the buildings and the teams, but like you get to find out the, the, the inner workings of the trust as well. Like I never knew about this spiritual care or Julia coming in on a Tuesday. And it's like, it's amazing to hear like the differences that, you know, you don't see when you're walking around Harpland here and there. So that, that, that's what, you know what's amazed me is like but for things you don't understand about what goes on in the trust so but obviously I'm learning how can other members of staff and service users get involved how can they find out more information about spiritual care within our trust mm. so I'm sure there'll be things that Veronica wants to add as well to this mm. but any member of staff who wants to join the worship with patients or for themselves is welcome to join I email the link to the worship in the meditation week by week so if staff would like me to email the link to them please get in touch and I'll add them to the email staff can contact me via main reception at Heartlands to request my contact details to join the worship or to set up one-to-one -one conversations for patients or for themselves I'm sure that I can also say that staff can get involved with spiritual care via Veronica who is my line manager. Activity workers and occupational therapists are my closest colleagues week by week, so they're another good starting point for getting involved. We deliver the spiritual care as a team, as it were. And one example of how we do it as a team will be they're, they're day by day with patients. So they pick up who might like to chat with me they can pick up what the needs are they make the link another example of how we work together around spiritual care is the spiritual meditation session that we're developing on a Tuesday afternoon and as I said that's for people of all faiths or no faiths so Daniel Carlisle who is an activity worker on Ward 4 um, he started to trial a spiritual meditation group before Christmas, following a meeting that a number of us had before Christmas, thinking about what we wanted to do in 2023. So Daniel started to trial it um, on Ward 4, and patients responded really positively to the meditation sessions that Daniel led with them. So last week, we started to share it with the other wards via Zoom. So I play um, music that we can start to settle to as we begin the worship and music that we can kind of come out of the session to, as it were, at the end. Daniel led a guided meditation which included breathing exercises, which exactly as you said, Carl, patients can take and use at other points in the day when they want to need just to be still or to let go of stress or anxiety, for example. And we opened up some gentle conversation during which patients could talk um, about some of the thoughts and feelings that the meditation had raised for them. And that is a way of them being able to hear and support each other as well and to know that they're not alone if they felt this way or that way. 
So the next spiritual meditation session is going to be next Tuesday afternoon and it'll be open to all of the wards and then we'll be in a regular pattern um, on Tuesday afternoon at two for spiritual meditation. Exciting. Have you got anything you'd like to add, Veronica? I think Julie is really good at covering it all. But what I will say as well, if at um, some stage uh, staff do want to know, their reception staff have all the information about how um, you can contact either Julia or if you are of an if somebody is of another faith, then actually what we need people to do is to contact somebody from that faith directly. So it could be somebody from um, the Catholic Church. So you would actually encourage staff to contact their local, that local church on behalf of an individual. Or if it was a mosque, then we would ask people to contact the local imam, whatever that that faith religion that people have. Judah is really good with the spiritual care and actually people who have no faith and those that have faith and sensitive. I will stress very sensitive to other faiths. So it can be a port of call, if you won't mind me saying, Julia, for yeah. that initial contact. But it is reminding people that there, there are other avenues as well. But reception do have all that information. So if somebody wanted a Quran or a prayer map, then reception have them. Mm. Um, but in general terms, then Julia is our first port of call. Because <laughs> as you've heard, for the, for the ten and a half hours, Julia provides and has continued to provide all through COVID an awful lot for us. Not just our services, patients, carers, but our staff as well. And I think that's the other aspect that staff can have a need of that care and, and Julia is there. We don't give Julia's phone number out publicly. I will stress that because um, it's not appropriate. Um, but there are ways that she can be contacted. But people can always come through me. Some of the wards do have posters up with the information on about the, the you know, the worship on a Tuesday morning, the meditation that's coming up. There's a leaflet that we've got as well isn't there yes. but they can always either just come through me or go directly contact email julia uh, as well and and again I'm, i must reinforce the same as julia has that the activity workers and the uh, ot's have been a phenomenal link in um enabling this you know the spiritual care to happen and to continue to happen uh, they've been absolutely brilliant. And I know it's not always easy for people because, no. as Julia has stressed, we've had to change. I say I use the royal way here because I haven't had to do too much, but we have had to change. And and sometimes that change has been as difficult to accept that actually we can't all stand in the Oasis room and sing hymns together because no. it's we don't want infections continuing to spread throughout the the hospital um but what it has also done and i will reinforce that aspect so it's enabled people to join that wouldn't have been able to previously because the room's not that big no. in the first place we wouldn't have been able to mix wards whereas actually in doing what we do 
we can have somebody from adult acute, from the older peoples, um, from, you know, learning this if they wanted to join. So it, it that accessibility, um, and I'm a bit of a, as people who know me, I'm not that IT literate, but actually that opportunity to utilise IT has given us that, that base on which we can be, we, I've used the role we again, Julia. <laughs> Julia can be accessible again. <laughs> I, I like, you know, I'm sort of taking credit for something I don't. I'm lucky enough to. Well, you're part of the bigger picture, aren't you? Really? I am part of the bigger yeah. picture. I'm lucky enough to oversee. Um, it, it's one of those, don't print this, but it's one of those anomalies <laughs> within it my job like description. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just one question to you, Veronica. You mentioned about obviously if there is uh, service users who want to embrace their other face if they've got them. Yeah. Is the room that we use for worship like a generic room that's also yeah. available? So that's something yeah. maybe just the Oasis room is available. And actually, when it's Ramadan, we have put up the prayer times so that we ask um, others not to be in that room during Ramadan so that it is accessible either for patients or staff mm. to be able to go and pray as they need to pray at the times they need to pray. No, the Oasis room is very much a multi-faith room or a non-faith room mm. because actually, but it is, it's just, um, it's a room you can feel at peace in, mm. actually, I would say. Um, it's got a beautiful backlit um, yeah, I've been there. So, yeah, whatever like, you call it. Yeah. Panelling with a natural scene, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you can put the lights on and you can change the lighting so that there can be something very soothing and spiritual. Even if you needed just 10 minutes to opt out from something, go to reception, sign the key out, go down to the Oasis room and give yourself 10 minutes in that room and then just lock the room up and take the key back because it's there it, it's a bit of a bolt hole if people wanted to just I mean it's also not a cupboard if you, you it's know, not it's a, a cupboard. room you it's have got a lovely window great terms. design yeah yeah you do it's it's you know you're not yeah and it's private but you but actually it is there and it is there for that purpose that people you might have had a really difficult shift and just need 10 minutes on your own go and grab the key go and sit in there put the background lights on um and just give yourself that permission to to stop and breathe and and it is there's something about that room actually as well which yeah it's um it's there for all it's there for all yeah literally yeah thank you kyle that's something no, it's all right. yeah <laughs> Well, it's been brilliant yeah. to have you both talk about spiritual care. As I mentioned, it's something now I've learned about the trust. Um, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's bigger than I, I thought it was going to be from what we what I've been briefed for the podcast. And it's like, obviously, it, it's not just people with faith, which is what's, you know, for everybody. And we've got the room and we've got like all the tools and yeah. all that. And it's just getting it out there and making sure that we utilise what we have and especially... Yeah the 10 and a half hours that Julia gives us on a Tuesday. So is there anything else you'd like to just add? Um, anything you'd like to say? Contact details are held at main reception 
at Heartlands and um, they'll be able to put staff in touch with me and we can link up via the phone and we can then exchange email addresses if they want to join the email group or if they want to set up a one-to-one for patients or themselves. So contact is a starting um, main reception is a starting point for that contact but activity workers and occupational therapists on the ward they're already kind of part of the loop so they will be able as well to offer pointers and to help people to connect with spiritual care and you know I would say it's been good connecting with you from comms and that may be part of you know going forward especially thinking about the way you've said didn't realize there's so much to spiritual care and there's more happening in the trust is that maybe one of your jobs from this car can be help us to tell people about it a bit more and do a bit well, more you know we do have a big big tv above the reception i'm sure we could maybe pop an advert on there every once in a while i will try my best so but uh, yes thank you so much for coming on the combinations podcast it's uh it's it's always good to just hear things that are going on in combined and especially the innovation of going to zoom that sounds really good from from your perspective as well to show that you know we can't be stopped and we're always improving and making sure that we give the best we can at combined so thank you very much yeah thank you kyle thank you thanks julia thanks kyle see you again soon